0: Okay, we're continuing our uh, series working through the spiritual gifts as found in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. So if you've got a Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians 12. I'll be talking around it and there's a PowerPoint so um, you won't miss too much if you haven't got your Bible with you. So we looked at the gift of wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge are quite, uh, uh, sort of very, very similar. But the fact is, in the Bible, they're listed as two separate gifts, so we have to explore uh, each one. But a lot of the time, people would make a mistake and put, you know, the word or gift of wisdom uh, sort of the same as the gift of knowledge, but it's not. Uh, it is different, as we'll see. So uh, we're looking at um, uh, the, uh, the word of knowledge, or the message word of knowledge. So let me just read um, a little bit from 1 Corinthians Twelve, right at the beginning. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be, to be ignorant. So God doesn't want us to be ignorant of these things, and uh, there is ignorance around, not intended, uh, but that some people would not seek to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But if a healthy church, we, we should be. You know that where you are pagans, somehow or other you are influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except. By the Holy Spirit, and we, we can call Jesus Saviour, and the Holy Spirit is within us, and, and it's through him we say Jesus is Lord. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them. And if you remember right at the beginning of the introduction, uh, the words used there uh, is, the, is the Trinity. Different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. The word Lord there was, it was Jesus. And there are different kinds of working, but the same God, God the Father, works all of them in all men. So it's the whole Trinity is involved in giving these gifts. And then Paul goes on to say in verse 7 uh, what, the, what some of those gifts are. And we're going to look at the second one of knowledge. Now, to each one of them, manifestation. So the manifestation means we see it or hear it. You know, it's something experienced. So to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's good for the church. So one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. So remember last time we said it's not that you're a wise person necessarily. You could be a wise person, not have this spiritual gift of wisdom. You could be a very unwise person, but yet God would give you uh, wisdom in a certain situation. And to another, which we're going to talk about this morning, the message of of knowledge, we say word of knowledge, but it's actually a message, and it's a message because it's from God. You know, I can give a word to anybody, um, but this is a message that we believe is from God—a word that is from God by means of the same Spirit. So that's what we're going to look at. And we know that we know that knowledge is around. We know we've got um, theologians and academics; uh, they can have profound knowledge and they can be very, very good at study. But that's—and that is certainly a gift. Um, not everyone is called to be an academic. Um, we're all called to love God with our minds as well as everything else, but we're not all academics. And it's certainly a gift. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about this gift of knowledge. Sometimes we call it the word of knowledge. Uh, but in our translation, which is the correct one, uh, uh, when you look at it, it's in most translations, it's the message of knowledge. It's a message from God, given by God. It's a gift from God. For a particular person or situation at a given time, um, I read that it's an inspired insight into the mind of Christ. I mean, imagine that; those were an in, an inspired insight into the mind of Christ. That is biblical, which I'm going to come on to in the next verse. Which is then expressed in words given by the Holy Spirit. I now, mean, it's a really holy thing, isn't it? You know, God speaking through so giving somebody a word or a message for someone else or a situation. As such, it is a revelatory gift through which the body of Christ is edified. So, the second slide, which actually is the last slide. Um, Please, Ben. Thanks, Ben. So, it's where God reveals an insight to me or to you concerning a particular situation or person. So, I'm going to explain and give you a few illustrations because there is much confusion, but it's quite simple. It's great for ministry. I found uh, when you're in tricky situations. Uh, I was involved in a, a situation a number of years ago now, where a lady had committed suicide, and um, actually was was very abusive uh, to um, her husband. In fact, tried to kill him, and she got pulled off and then went and committed suicide. And I was called round to the house because um, they felt there was a darkness in the house, a spiritual atmosphere, and, and when, you know, you might say, you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, I don't get that, but I bet you've been in situations where you walk into a room, oh, it's so peaceful here, it just feels it, right, but it's still a room, it's bricks and mortar, or, or you can go somewhere and think, oh, I don't, it's just a bit, I just don't like the feeling of it, we are, we are spiritual beings as well, and we do pick up on these things, we need to learn that, that language, so I walk into the house, and sure enough, so when I walked in, you could feel the oppression. Uh, it wasn't, I wouldn't say I've got a huge gift of discernment, but uh, I think anybody that would have gone in uh, would have felt that. And uh, I was asking all sorts of questions. Uh, I was a really young, really young minister then, um, well, uh, early 30s. And um, uh, they weren't really telling me anything. And then, and all the curtains were closed. And so in, in, I'm just asking them question, questions, but inside... I'm asking God to give me something because I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know how to pray. And I needed some sort of breakthrough. And immediately, the word Buddha came into my head. And I've been reading this book that someone had given me, a Jack Deere book, uh, which is really good. I've got them in the office if you want to borrow them. It's something like power and the Holy Spirit or something like that. And he said, when you get that, you've got to go with it. So I just said, and I thought it's strange, and this is here in Billericay. I said, if I said the word Buddha, would that mean anything to you? I said, oh yeah, mum, yeah. And she so they pulled the curtains and literally hundreds of them in the back garden. Now I hadn't seen them when I walked in. There was none in the front garden, hundreds in the back garden. So I thought, well, I heard from God. I knew, this is exciting. This is reality. But God gave me that word. I asked for a word, I've got a word. And, it, and I thought, well, I wonder what the breakthrough is. And so in my mind, so I'm still talking to them saying, yes, it would be nice to have a nice cup of tea. But inside, I'm going, God, give me another word. And the word witchcraft came to mind. I thought, oh, no, I don't want to say that. Uh, but it was there. And I thought, well, Jack Deere said go with it. And so I sensitively said, was, was your mum ever involved in witchcraft? Oh, no, no, no. She wouldn't be involved in anything like that. I said, okay, well. So I thought, well, I've got one right and I've got one wrong. And so God's teaching me to be humble. Anyway, we go around the house and I'm praying and everything else. We get to the bedroom. and uh, uh, And the husband said, it's okay for you to go in. I really sense of presence of evil I said okay and I started praying and the daughter then opened the drawers of the bedside cabinet and there was loads of books on witchcraft and we subsequently found out that the mum was really heavily involved in witchcraft and to the point the daughter was getting threatening emails and letters from other witches in the area it's a real reality there's more witches than ministers uh, in the west unbelievably um, and so that was God giving me a word, and I don't think I'm super spiritual. I just asked, and then the thought came, and I went with it. And actually, I was probably I was as surprised as anybody because I wasn't overly expecting it. But we should expect God to give us words, especially when we're going in His name to minister. So it's great for ministry. I remember ministering; I did a preach over in a church in Basildon, and. Um, lady contacted me after. She said, oh, someone really helped. And why don't you come and see me. I've been really suffering with um, low self-esteem and everything else. And as soon as I walked... And I say a similar thing. I went with somebody else, and I walked in. As I went in the door, I said, God, it'd be great if you could give me a word. And Daddy came to mind. So I thought, oh, he's going to tell... That's God. You know, Abba, Father. I'm going to say that. That's what it is. But that's not the word he gave me. So I thought, I've got to honour it. So I said, before... I mean, I don't think I knew a name at that point. And I said, oh, if I said Daddy... Would that mean... And she broke down in tears. And it turned out she'd had a fractured relationship with her dad and um, was wondering where He'd been trying to get in contact and, and uh, she was wondering whether to get in contact again. And I didn't have, if you like, the wisdom part. I had the message of knowledge. God gave me the word, but didn't quite get, I didn't tell her what to do. I just said, I just feel God has said, Daddy, and I need to leave that with you. And they did, in fact, get reconciled. Um, so it's very, very uh, helpful. Um, i had a lady again uh, it was a witchcraft thing but a uh, very demonic situation and i was with another minister and we we're praying and nothing was happening and we we're saying have you ever involved in anything where But you... no nothing like that uh what about um uh you know any... no no nothing okay well we just better pray and we was getting nowhere and in the middle middle we prayed god if there's something we need to know please tell us And all of a sudden she said, oh, you know, I'm sorry about the colours I put on people and the spells and this and that. I thought, I was looking at the other minister, I thought, she said she didn't do anything like that. And then anyway, we finished praying, and at the end, I said, you said you didn't get involved in witchcraft. I said, I didn't. I said, said, you just confessed loads of stuff. She goes, no, I never. And I looked at the other minister, I said, she did, didn't she? I mean, yeah, you did. (laughs) Anyway, massive breakthrough. Massive breakthrough. I mean, it was a long afternoon, I can tell you, but, but massive, incredible breakthrough. She went and got baptised soon after and has been clean ever since. But it is messy, the other end. So my advice is don't get involved. But again, God was giving us the words. God was giving us the words. And he will do that. He will do that. Very helpful when ministering to someone. It shows you how to pray. Maybe it opens up dialogue. We can use it in healing. I remember once on an Alpha course uh, where, where uh, there was somebody, and whenever I say this story, I'd actually told my Alpha group last, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, when we're looking at Does God Heal Today? And, and I shouldn't laugh, and I'm not going to tell the joke, but but it's a Tommy Cooper joke. And you know, the lady said, um, she goes, for the last 12 years, I can't raise my arm above here, right? And most of you would know the joke, but I'm not going to say. Uh, and she said, I can't raise it above. It hurts as soon as I get here. I said, oh, right, okay. And I just taught on um, Does God Heal Today? And I thought, better pray for her. But now this is where the rubber hits the road. So um, we've prayed and nothing happened. And then so I'm praying and again. I th- God, and Andrew's was with me, and I said, God, you know, is there something, um, you know, is there, some, is there some sort of breakthrough here? And this is not necessarily the same for everybody. This was this person. Um, and uh, the word came, unforgiveness. So I said, have you got any real unforgiveness in your life? She went, oh, no, 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 I'm very forgiving. I said, like, really, is there anyone that you've not, you know, sort of, I feel like God's given me this word, unfor- Is there anyone like you really hate? She went, no, 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 apart from that gypsy. I said, oh. I said, what's that? She said, and this is true, and and it was in Billericay, and this is years and years ago, but at the time for her, it turned out 12 years ago, and she said, um, uh, my friend was murdered, one of my best friends was murdered um, by a member of the travelling community, and every now and again, he comes to Billericay, and he sees me, and he laughs at me. He laughs at me, and I hate him. She said, I really, really hate him. And I said, well, I've got this word, unforgiveness, And I I think I've got to ask you to forgive him. She said, I can't. I said, okay, I think the prayer that you must pray is that you can't forgive him, but God, would you give me the power to forgive, that you need God's help. I can understand how difficult this is. And she asked, uh, she prayed that prayer. And then she felt forgiveness, and then she was healed. Her arm was healed. And I said, when did, that, when did that first start? She was 12 years ago. I said, what? And that was the hatred that had gone into her. And it had affected her, her, her body. And as soon as she asked God to help forgive this, this person, um, he honoured it and he healed her. I'm not saying unforgiveness is the thing for all healing. We don't want to put guilt in people's heads. But it was useful. God had given a word and the unforgiveness in there led to, uh, or the releasing of unforgiveness led to healing. But it was a word that was given. There's knowledge, and knowledge in 1 Corinthians, where it spoke about uh, in a few places. 1 Corinthians 12, we spoke about this word of knowledge, this message of knowledge about a situation that you wouldn't have known. So it's supernatural. It's not that I know about someone, and I'm going to, so I'm going to pray for you, so, you, know, I know you've been having headaches. And I say, how did you know that? And, you know, John told me. It's not quite the same. It's a specific word that you wouldn't have known uh, from God. And it spe- Paul speaks about this. This is what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 12. It's also in 1 Corinthians 2. And there's a lovely line, look at this. I mean, what a privilege this is, but we have the mind of Christ. I mean, you've got to believe that because it's in the word of God. That you have the mind of Christ. You can tap in to the mind of Christ. And I think for me, that's such a privilege to think I can, I can tap into the thoughts of Christ. This is biblical. Um, 1 Corinthians 2 uh, from verse 10 says, These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. real faith lived out when we seek to exercise these gifts of the spirit not for personal gain but to edify the body we have the mind of christ paul talks in that passage about knowledge which is revealed by the holy spirit and then we speak them out in words they're articulated in words he says that god has revealed his mind to believers and he does that by his spirit the unbelievers hadn't had that revelation because they didn't have the holy spirit in them You only have the Holy Spirit in you if you ask God into your life. And He promises to come. You know, you have to repent, believe, be baptized, and you will be filled with the Spirit. Believers, on the other hand, are spiritual and therefore have the ability to understand spiritual truths. And He finishes by saying, We are people who can know the mind of Christ. So in verses 12 to 13, Paul is talking about a knowledge of things that God has given to us through the agent of the Holy Spirit and then articulated in words given by the Spirit. And so we have to develop our confidence in this. A word of knowledge or a message of knowledge given an insight uh, into a situation, put it into words and accepting, and of course everything has to be tested, but accepting they are from the Holy Spirit. We can see this, this message of knowledge as well in teaching. You know, I've got various things up there. I've spoke about ministry and healing already. But teaching. Um, someone said it's like an inspired utterance of God's grace. And so in that respect, and it's not the only place, but in that respect, the word of knowledge, it's an invaluable tool to any preacher or teacher in the church. It's, a, it's an ability to speak in an inspirational way of the wide range of blessings that God has given us through Jesus Christ. So sometimes when I preach... I have my notes. Here's my notes. There they are. Um, you would like it if I kept my notes every week. Uh, but sometimes what happens, you find yourself wandering. And it's not an intentional wonder. I'm actually somebody, that I'm not confident enough. You know, Tom, he'd be over there by now when he wanders around as if he's... You know, he's got it all in his head. I don't know if he's making it up or had not prepared, but it's normally pretty good. So I think he's done uh, some preparation. Whereas I tend to be, I've always, got, I've always got an eye on the lectern. Sometimes I grip it like this to make sure it doesn't run away. So I like my confidence in the lectern. But when I preach, there are times, and it happens a lot, where I'll just go off on a tangent. Okay, and not just a tangent, because I like talking, uh, which I've been accused of in the office by people. It's not true, Bernard. It's a thought or a thought pattern that just comes out of the preaching. And it's actually not in my notes. And I don't like going for my notes. So I like to be safe. But then you know you're being led by the Spirit of God. And it's a thought or a word or a point you're trying to make. And I can tell you that I, might, I reckon I average about 10 hours preparing for a sermon. And I can tell you, you know, you sweat over it and you pray over it and you check your doctrine and you check the commentary. You do not want to preach anything that's not right. But I can tell you, despite all that hard work, The thing on the door that people come up to me and say would be that thought that went off on a tangent and I realised then that God has spoken to them. He's used the weakling like me. You know, we're treasures in in jars of clay. And he's used me somehow and he's spoken to them. And quite often, and I remember I used to say this to the minister uh, when I first started going to church, they say, how did you know what was going on in my life? And I said, I have no clue. I said, I don't even know what's going on in the church, let alone your life. I said, it just all happens. I don't know how it happens. It happens. Um, but then I realised that God, that God through the preacher, has spoken. And when I go to a church service, um, I don't overly care what kind of church it is. I just go there and say, Lord, minister to me as I want to minister to you in the worship. But let me hear your voice through the word. You can have the lousiest preacher and still hear... God's word come through him. You can have the most eloquent preacher and not get a thing. You've got to, you've got to let God speak to you, because he does do that, and this is where that manifestation of a word or a thought process comes through. John Rear says, in this sense, a word of knowledge may be manifested when the teacher receives a new insight into the knowledge of God or of the Christian faith, and at the same time is given a new ability to express it and explain it to others. So it's this inspired Uh, preaching is it in the New Testament there is there is in the New Testament a good example that I've pulled out is Paul's prayer in Ephesians uh, 1 verse 3 to 14 it's got the heading up there I've not got the whole thing so I'm going to read it to you but I'm going to read it in a way that I get criticized for what do you think I'll get criticized for in my preaching all those people with the gift of discouragement what do you think they say and they are right it's been a plague of my ministry Pardon? Yes. They talk too fast. Thank you, Katie. She's so lovely. Uh, You know, you're one of my (laughs) favourites. I do get a tendency. I don't know if you've noticed that when I get quite excited, uh, I talk too fast. I don't finish my sentences because I'm I'm already on the next one, and so I have to. I'm really deliberately trying to talk slow at the moment. This is me slow. Um, (laughs) But a good example of of. Of, of this kind of godly utterance is Paul's prayer in, in Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. And in the Greek, I love saying in the Greek. It's like I read it all the time. But in the Greek, this prayer that I'm about to read you, we've got full stops and commas and punctuation. That was never in the original uh, Bible. It goes actually for 26 lines before a full stop. There is no interruption, right? It's, it's, it's a breathless, enthusiastic and fervent expression of gratitude for the things he says that God has freely given to us. So when I go on the door at the end, I'm really meaning to be, you know, excited and fast, and and so I'm just trying to get across the passion of Paul because this is now some inspired utterance. So uh, Ephesians one three to fourteen without full stops. And if I if I collapse out of breath, come and revive me, and um, we'll see God heal. So he starts off. Here we go. Are you ready for this? You sure? Okay. the mystery of his will uh, oh, I've lost my place. Sorry. Uh, according, <laughs> according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to put into effect when the times reached their fulfilment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under Christ. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in Him with a. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guarantee in our inheritance, until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of His glory. <laughs> See, when I next speak fast, can you just clap and not and not? So here's Paul. He's so excited. This is just spewing out of him. Okay, in the middle of the prayer, Paul speaks of the grace. The word is carries, uh, which God has graced. Us And there's another word called eketozon. The verb translated graced or favoured is only used twice in the New Testament. In this passage here with us now, believers in general, for us in mind, and in Luke 1.28. Now we all know what Luke 1.28 is since we're into Bible quizzes and everyone took the mickey out of me last week when I got the last one wrong. You know, I thought he said Solomon, not Samson. That's why I said not Judges. Anyway, Uh, Luke 1.28 is Mary, the mother of Jesus we all know that don't we and we're used to thinking of mary as highly favored right we're not so used to thinking of ourselves in the same light yet paul insists that all believers are favored with the grace of god he can hardly contain himself in that passage i read verses seven and eight as he speaks of the riches of god's grace which he lavishes that's the word used lavished on us and Paul's prayer that I just read, you know, it was uninterrupted, passion, just flowing out of him. It's, one, it's a great example of the word or the message of knowledge. It's, a word, it's one word of knowledge after another, and it's rich in the theological sense because it's words taught by the Spirit of God, which we now have. And this was a key aspect in the early Pentecostal movement. Anyone heard of Azusa Street Revival? You heard of that? Azusa Street, 1906, a great revival um, uh, broke out in America, 312 Azusa Street, uh, commonly thought of as the birthplace of the Pentecostal movement. And the the thing that struck people was that relatively uneducated men were enabled by divine insight to explain the gospel and grace of God among his people. Insights they had, they'd never been taught, that could only have been given by the Holy Spirit. And people put down um, uh, that they were getting the words that came directly from God that started that revival, the special ability to put into words that they had great and revealed knowledge about God's grace. It can be a word, it can be a passage, but they had great insight and had the ability to explain it, having had hardly any training. And that was just a, that was a moment in history when God did that. It can also, a word is also helpful in pastoral situations. A woman at another church, um, uh, she had a tragic story where her daughter died just before the age of one and uh, she, she just, had kids since, but she was really struggling. She wasn't a Christian, and I was asked to go and see her, and her question was, why did she live for a year? Why? You know, and these are difficult questions, aren't they? Um, and it's difficult. There are answers, but it's difficult. You don't want to be pithy or flippant. Uh, apparently, one minister in the past said, God chose you specifically for that, so she hated God, hated the minister. Um, and I apologise for what he had said, I was just going, well, Ian, why? Why did that happen? And now I'm struggling. So again, I asked God, and, and I'm talking to her and having my cup of tea and biscuit and everything else. And she was really battling this. You know, why, did I, why did I go through that? Why did she go through that? Just for God to tell you, what sort of God is that? And as a minister, I haven't got the words for this. I, I've not walked in her shoes. It's not happened to me. Um, and I was struggling for an answer. So in my mind, I'm saying, God, you've, you've got to give me something. I don't know what to say to this woman. And straight away, it came. And I spoke it, and I would never say this flippantly in a situation like that. And I just said, do you know what? It was for you that she lived, because you needed to know her. And that's what I believe God is saying to you. And she burst into tears. She burst into tears. Six months later, we baptised her. She became a Christian. But those, I would never have chanced those words. I've been flippant. Words. They were just there. The reason that girl had lived for a year is because God knew the mother had to know the little girl. If the girl had died... At birth, she would never have known her, and and she would have been a lot worse, I guess. And I had to say to her, it was for you that she lived for the year. God gave you that year to be with your daughter. You needed it. You needed that time. It was a supernatural. I would never chance that. I would never think, well, that's a good answer. I think I'll do that. And she was released, and then she praised God, and she was really happy, and she's gone on to have a good life. So how do we do it? You can hopefully pick up a common theme. All I did was ask. All I did was ask, these are gifts from God. It may not happen all the time, it doesn't happen all the time. We Sometimes I get nothing, then I won't say anything. I won't try and make things up. But if you ask, I believe God will from time to time give you, give you these words. Uh, in your devotional life, it could be just for you. You Sometimes you get this, don't we? When read the word of God, the, the, a, a line or a passage seems to leap out of you. That is a word. It might be for a situation, it might be for someone else. Um, I get given verses all the time. It's amazing how often they tally up. You think, well, God must be behind it because that person didn't speak to that person. It was a conspiracy of words given to Ian. But to do it, you've got to be listening. You've got to have your own sort of holy of holies, which is your devotional life. And be seeking these gifts. Ask for them. And then listen. When you are in those situations, maybe you're praying for somebody, maybe it's a situation, ask God for a word in that solitude. You've got to have the spiritual bank balance full up. You can't... I know as a minister, I cannot minister out of empty. And if I try to, I get burnt out. You have to to be coming to God, asking for his supernatural wisdom and knowledge. That spiritual bank balance must be in credit. And there's an openness that we must need uh, to God. So when I minister, I ask in any situation. Sometimes I get something, whether it's that word of wisdom or it's that message of knowledge... Uh, sometimes I don't. And when I don't, I try and keep my mouth closed, but I really struggle and end up speaking really fast and excited <laughs> and getting told off. But ask, and then put it into practice. Be, be uh, sensitive. Um, you, you, know, you, don't, you don't want to throw guilt on people, but maybe God is revealing something. Pray into it. The safe place to do this is in your DG groups or in small groups. But equally the bible says it's for the edifying it's for the good of the church so sometimes it's good to if someone has a word they think they've got this message then share it Uh, approach a pastor a minister or an elder or or you know speak speak it Um, because we need to hear these things at a church meeting on wednesday you know be praying into that see if there's a word we've as elders we've discerned many and we've held on to them we are holding on to them in faith, but maybe some of them need to be confirmed. Ask God. We need His wisdom and we need His special uh, knowledge, but we are open to it in church services as well. When uh, I prepare my sermons well in advance, but what I like to do on a Saturday uh, at some point uh, and, and also on the Sunday mornings, I go over them. And, and whenever I do that, I, I ask God, I say, what, what do you want to say to your congregation this morning? Uh, what's the one thing that they really need? And I think I've done, this is more teaching than preaching, really, when we're looking at these gifts. Um, but I asked that this morning. And I said, well, I'm going to teach about uh, a, a message of knowledge or a word of knowledge. Um, can you give me one that I can share? And, and immediately, so I'm going to tell you what it is, immediately this word came. This word came. And uh, it was uh, encouraged. And so I prayed about that, and I thought to myself, is that for one person, is it for the congregation, and the fact is I didn't get an answer, so I'm just, gonna, I'm just saying to you, this word, you may be someone who has asked God to encourage you this morning, then it would be for you, because I wouldn't normally do this, but it was encouraged, and then the thoughts came to me um, straight away, two, two examples, I've always been encouraged in my faith, uh, by people, I've got good people around me, and they're very encouraging, that's good, I thought well I can tell them then to encourage one another, well the Bible says that already in Hebrews, it says so encourage one another daily, but let me tell you two things, when I first started in the city at 16, the, the, my managing director said in, and I was doing the telex, remember telex machines, some of you are old enough for them, aren't you? I, used to, I used to confirm all the trades, I can still remember the wording, we confirm the following trade of, you know, today's date. We bought 5,000 Deutsche Bank from you and it's going to be delivered here and the money has to go in seven days. I, I can do, could do it now because I typed it so many times. And the managing director said, Ian, this is as far as you go. You'll never be a trader. And you know, my heart sank because I could see all these traders. They seemed to be doing all right. And, um, and I was doing these mundane jobs. I mean, I literally, they would, you know, one of them would say, Can you clean my shoes? And I think, Oh, okay. Please don't let anyone else hear him say that. And I'll clean the shoes and then call 30 others. Oh, yeah, yeah, might need to clean this one. I'll clean them. Um, and, uh, or make the tea. And the first time I made the tea I, and coffees, I wrote down what everyone had. So the next day when they asked, I didn't have to ask them. They thought I had a great memory. But I have to write things down. I have to write everything down. I've got a rubbish memory. Uh, but i write everything down. I'll do that to this day. So I was doing all this. and, this, and this, I was doing this. And he said, you're never going to be a trader. I said, oh, Okay. And um, it came to Christmas, that was about November. And Christmas, uh, they invited the brokers in. And they, said, uh, and they said, I could come in. I'm 16, all drinking these gin and tonics. I don't think I'd had a short in my life. And so I'm, disgusting, I've got this drink. I did it for about two hours, I didn't drink the stuff. And, um, but I remember a guy there called Leo. And he was like a really, he used to trade German shares. He very good. And, um, and I was, he was a bit of a hero. And I I went over and stood, a bit embarrassed. I'm trying. No one knew me, and so I was just like that, just hovering there, like not saying anything, really shy. And and I thought I'd better go back, shoot a few telexes out. And as I walked out the room, I heard Leo say to one of the brokers, "That guy's going to make it. He's going to do really well. He'll be a trader. And This is not the managing director. This is one of his traders." And I cannot tell you what that did for my self-esteem and determination to prove the managing director wrong. And I was made their youngest dealer ever at 18. But I nearly quit. I nearly quit. A year ago, I went to a reunion. I used to work for BZW, Barclays to do wed. I had this reunion. I went up to London, um, just off Gresham Street. And I'm in this one. This guy approaches me. And he says, I really want to thank you. I said, (laughs) OK. Didn't recognise him at all. I didn't know who he was. I thought, I must have done something good. He said, years ago, just before you left BZW, before you went to Dresden, uh, I nearly quit. He was a ju- and then I, he was coming back to me. He was a junior salesman. And he said, you um, was, was in the cleaning room and you, you were going. And you said, I'll you know, see you. And it was your, my last day in the office before I went to Dresden. And uh, he said, I was going to quit that day. And you said to me, don't quit. Don't let them get the better of you. You will make it. You'll be all right. You've got to be confident. You've got to go for it. And I, don't, I hardly remember it. And he said, you know, I took those words. I'm now, uh, now uh, head of sales. Um, a, a firm where I'm a partner uh, which is really good to, Good to be a partner of a firm and I thought I don't even remember saying that to him but all of us have got it in our power and I believe what God is saying to us today is that we can all have in our power to encourage and to drop those seeds of encouragement everywhere we go and you know I have to say and I joked about it and it is a joke because you're good people um, and I really mean that but I do meet Christians, and sometimes I think, where in the Bible is that gift of discouragement? They're really good at it. And, you know, that's not us. And I felt that God gave me a word this morning for you. Even though we're talking about a word of knowledge or a message of knowledge, let's continue to be encouragers. And maybe there's someone here that really needs that encouragement today. And if that is you and you've been praying about it, that's what I felt God say today. So he's encouraging you, and I'd want to encourage you in your faith. So I'm going to pray for us and uh, pray for these gifts. Uh, Use them. Be ready to share. If you're too shy or reserved to do that in a uh, a large context like this, just come out for a quiet word with an elder or or a minister or or in your DG group. You know, you can test it. We'll soon say whether we believe it's of God or not. When I go to conferences, uh, they ask for this. Uh, You know, maybe only 30 Baptist ministers in the room, but we always go to whoever's leading that service, the elder or or, or it's normally the regional minister overseeing and so I think this is of God, but can I lay it before you? And I've done that once, and they said, no, we don't believe it's right, it's okay. think mean, get bent out shape over it, just went back and thought, fine. Um, I think they were wrong, though, to be honest. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, you might not feel comfortable in a big setting, but share it with the leadership, because we do take them seriously, and we do talk about them, and we do pray about them. And all of a sudden, when you come up with that one word, and we say, 10 other people have got that as well. And then you'll be encouraged because you know you heard uh, from God. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to sing uh, Living Hope, that song we learned for Easter. Um, and it talks about Jesus being our living hope. He's with us. Um, uh, he acknowledges that uh, without him, there's a big gap between us and God. But with him, with Him, we are close to God. Uh, great mercy, boundless great, grace. The God of ages stepped down from glory. Wearing my sin, bearing my shame. The cross has spoken The cross has spoken, I love that. I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Saviour, I'm yours forevermore. Jesus Christ, my living hope, hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Death has lost its grip on me. You've broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Out of the silence, the roaring lion. This is the God that we serve, and this is the spirit that is within us. And it's the spirit whose gifts we want. We want those gifts. So I'm going to pray for us and uh, ask God to give us that that, gift of the message or the word of knowledge. Um, So let's just bow uh, our heads. Lord, we thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We thank you this morning for the gift of the message or the word of knowledge. And I pray, Lord, that you'd make all of us, myself included, to be more and more receptive to receiving insights into your works make us more aware of what your spirit is saying give us eyes to see ears to hear and a mind to understand where the church needs words of knowledge please would you provide them help us to remember that all these treasures are yours and their gifts and that you give them to us help us to keep on asking we thank you lord that you are god who speaks and we pray lord we'll be a people that freely accept those gifts in jesus name Amen.